You're here, which means that you've found spirit crumbs, leading you to your inner light worker. I will be sharing how these tiny little hints from the universe have led me to where I am today. I hope that by hearing my story and the stories of others, you'll pick up your own spirit crumbs along the way that will lead you to somewhere magical. Thanks for coming along for the journey. Let's see where it takes us. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Spirit Crumbs. I am your host, Andrea McCallum. I am an artist and a healer. I am actually really refreshed today. I ended up recording weeks two and three together. I kind of did them back to back and then quickly <laughs> recorded both. And in the last week, I spent time with my parents. I went for some walks by the river there. And in the last couple of days, I got caught up on work, but I was really energized to do it. And then today I am telling you my experience with the week four challenges and activities. But something that's really funny is the main uh, message that it has in here is really just stripping everything away and being honest with yourself. And I feel like that's why I'm able to have this sense of peace come so naturally when I give myself the space because I've done so much shadow work over the last year or so. And it just gets to a point where there's nothing that really phases me anymore. And so I've had some challenging things to work through in the past week, but they've actually felt really effortless, even my own work, because now it's more aligned. I've been more honest about what kind of work I want to do. It just feels so natural. And so fittingly, the first section in week four in recovering a sense of integrity is called honest changes. And now that we've been in this for a few weeks and we've been looking at ourselves from different angles, you know, from the past, from what our interests are, how we're balancing things in our lives, there's this concept that comes up here in the beginning that talks about comparing what our real feelings are that are actually usually kept secret, sometimes even from ourselves, versus our official feelings where we're able to display those to the public and to people we meet. And so even when something challenging happens, we tend to still say something like, I feel okay about it, I'm fine. Those kinds of blanket words really stand for something else because realistically, most of the time, we're not really okay. We're coping, maybe we're surviving, we're in survival mode, but we're not really feeling okay about it. We're not neutral. We're not like just accepting it really. Even when, like I said, I'm in a state now where nothing really phases me, I still know how I feel about something. And maybe sometimes it is just kind of okay if it's day-to-day -day stuff. I don't let it rile me up. But and when something really upsetting is happening, I have initial feelings about it. Sometimes I can get to a place of being okay after really acknowledging what those real feelings are but if we're just constantly saying i feel okay about things we're not going to move past it and start to align so that we're not having to deal with these negative things that we're just barely coping our way through and so something she talks about is how this word can stand for things like you you've resigned to it so maybe you've just given up you're detached from it you're numb about it, you're just comfortable 
you're pleased. It could be any number of things. And so when you look at something like numb, you might say you're okay because again, you're not really feeling it. You're finding other ways of avoiding that real feeling. And this comes up around boundaries too, which we talked about in a previous chapter, a previous week where we have to start setting boundaries with the people around us, which is really challenging. And that causes us to have to look at these things again, where we might've said, oh, it's okay to someone before when they did something that hurt us. But now all of a sudden we realize it's not actually okay. It's just that we're used to it. And then that word comfortable comes in where we've made it so that the the state of just existing and people pleasing and coping is just comfortable for us now. It's like our comfort zone to just make everyone else comfortable. But it doesn't mean that we actually feel good about those things. It just means that we're no longer feeling them kind of at all. And so something that she mentions is that when we start to actually get closer to feeling these real feelings, we're going to have the tendency to also want to avoid our morning pages because we've gotten to a point now where we're writing whatever comes to mind. We're allowing ourselves to express there. That's like our safe place to tell what our real feelings are. And when we get really close to something, she uses the example of like maybe not being happy in a relationship or admitting you might want a different job. And when you start to realize that you might have some real feelings underneath your usual, oh, everything's fine, it's okay, it's scary because, and this part really, really resonates with me, that once you acknowledge what your real feelings are, you kind of have to do something about that because you're now not going to be able to unknow it. And she talks about how these uncomfortable feelings and realities, once they're at the surface, even if they're positive, so even if you're getting really excited because things are going well, even if it's like, let's say a relationship that's starting out well or a new job or some sort of skill you're learning, you have a, we have a tendency to even avoid talking about those things because we feel like our bubble is going to burst. Like if we talk about it too much and say too many positive things, it's going to backfire somehow. And so even though our morning pages are a safe place to express that, we're not putting ourselves out in the open yet it still feels a little bit dangerous because then you're admitting it to yourself. Like I could actually be good at this, which means I should actually work towards doing this full time or this relationship's going really well. So I'm going to have to be vulnerable. There are a lot of those things that come up for us and the pages are really good for processing those feelings, like really figuring out why you feel that way, why you feel like you want to avoid it. So as much as like I, I've said this in other contexts about like the things that you resist are the things you're meant to do. I do it all the time. This is like my pattern. I noticed if I really am resisting something and I find myself finding other things to do just to avoid doing what I should, what I know I should be doing or I know I want to do, I ask myself a whole bunch of questions like where in the past have I taken a chance like this and it didn't work out or why do I feel like it might be scary to put myself out there saying I enjoy doing this whatever the questions might be that you feel you need to really explore and then this is also a good place for course correcting like figuring out like if you're irritable because now you've been skipping the pages you have to figure out okay like I need to get back on track and the pages are a good way for me to explore a why I'm avoiding addressing these feelings and b what I could do 
to make this better. Now that I know something's not working, they're a good place to just really put out all the options. They could be as as bizarre as you want them to be. All of the possibilities, you can just list them all out if that's what you need to do for a couple days. Just say, like, go on a tangent. Like, if I were to do this, if I were to take this step, if I were to take this job, if I were to quit my other job, how is that going to play out? What is the worst case scenario? What's the best case scenario? What's most likely to happen? All of those questions you can kind of go through there. And then you come to a place of clarity where you start to realize which part of it really resonates with you. Like you feel it in your body. It just feels true. And then that's kind of where you can start taking steps from. And like I was just saying before, this clarity pushes us to change. And that's why it's so scary. She says here, clarity comes at a cost. And the cost is there's always a loss when you move forward with something. That's something that is just very clear to me from doing shadow work and making a lot of changes in my life really quickly, multiple times. It's just something that I've become aware of that like in order to get what you really want, you have to let things go, which means losing something you're comfortable with. And again, it goes back to that comfort, something that's providing you safety, which is you know your comfort zone is not actually doing you any favors. It serves a purpose for a while, so you can still be grateful that you have all those things that are in your life that are making you comfortable because they allowed you to get through something probably really big that was hard to deal with. But then after a certain point, you realize, okay, I've grown past this. I've outgrown this comfort zone. This is now just feeling like stagnation, and now I need to move forward. And so... We have to start clearing away all those pieces. Like I said, we have to clear away all the illusions because we're actually tricking ourselves most of the time. Sometimes other people can see what's true for us more than we can. And we may lash out when people point things out, like saying you're not happy, you seem different, you seem like you're frustrated. And then we might be like, no, I'm fine. But then again, bringing up those words like, no, I'm okay, I'm fine. You're not probably if other people can see it. And even if they can't and you're just masking it for them, there's still part of you that knows you're not happy. And then resentment starts to grow if other people aren't seeing that and aren't making changes you want them to make. And that goes back to boundaries. But it also goes into this theme of not fooling ourselves anymore. And the again, the morning pages are a big focus with this chapter because she talks about as much as identifying what the problems might be, the solutions also might come. And like I said, just journaling about all of the ideas or just journaling about how you feel. And then sometimes ideas will just come to you because you're open. You're just saying like, listen, this is how I'm feeling. Not sure what I'm going to do about it, but I'm open. That's kind of what you're saying to spirit or the universe or whoever you're writing to, right? And then she talks about the idea of a Kriya. It's a scant Sanskrit word that's like a spiritual crisis. Um, she said they're called surrenders sometimes. And it's something where you've pushed yourself to the point where you're not you're so far from your path and what you should be doing and what you your your soul wants you to be doing that you need something to get your attention. So you might start to get really sick all of a sudden or have all these physical symptoms, but you're not actually sick. You might have like a bit of a breakdown, you might just get to the point where you're so sick, you can't do the work or whatever it is that's been, you know, not aligned for you. And it kind of pushes you out of that. So you can see what your life would be like without it. A lot of things can happen in this 
kind of a Kriya to like actually finally bring attention to what you've been ignoring and areas you need to change. And then a beautiful point that Julia Cameron makes in this chapter is that clarity that we get from doing these exercises and the morning pages and all of this work to uncover what our truth is brings us back to the present moment because we're looking at right now, what can I do now that I know at this moment, this is how I'm feeling. This is what my, where my life is right now and accepting it again, being okay with that comes after you find the clarity. And once you're okay with the truth and you realize, okay, I know that I need to change this, then you're at this magical point where you actually can make a choice to change that. And when we get to this point, that's often when we start wanting to get rid of things. We're not really sure who we are. Our clothes might feel weird to wear. They might not suit us anymore. And you'll have a lot of waves of emotions because old things are leaving, new things are coming in, they're kind of passing each other. Again, healing is not linear. I've said that many times. And it is healing when you're doing this. It's a healing process. It's coming back to yourself. And it's okay if yours is very subtle, if you don't feel a lot happening, if it just all seems to be naturally flowing. That happens for me sometimes. I'll be at the end of one of these cycles and looking back and saying like, wow, that was a, a huge change, but I felt like it just happened overnight. I didn't feel it was that strong. Whereas other times it can be a kind of a, a minor shift, but I really feel the waves. So no, there's no right or wrong way to experience this. The same as I talk about energy healing, any kind of healing is going to happen in the way that's meant for you right now. And sometimes we may get frustrated because we feel like we should be making a bigger change or be noticing bigger shifts happening because we're doing a lot of inner work. But it just means that it's in divine timing, right? It may not show up right away. Maybe you need a bit of an adjustment period before any big things shift. Maybe you need to get really like embodied in this new version of yourself before it shows up. Or maybe you'll make tiny shifts and big things will start to happen. It really just depends on what is right for you in that moment. And because we've already been doing this for a few weeks and really looking at ourselves in new ways, like I said, you may have already started to notice changes like that. You might've started to notice that you don't like watching the same shows anymore, or your routines are boring, or maybe you're feeling more confident in yourself. Maybe your relationships are feeling better. And so think about like how, what you have been experiencing so far, and maybe things you didn't really acknowledge yet that you should really be happy about that have been showing up for you, even though you've only been doing this for a few weeks. There's something she talks about where we have this feeling sometimes when we're on this journey where we know we've started something, it's in motion. We can't really stop it from happening because now we have so many things that are on the go, but we have this feeling like we just want to rest. It's just so much and we just feel like we need to rest. And I am definitely trying to have more balance in my life, but she describes this idea of rest in motion where you're able to do something like the morning pages or something that's still meaningful to you where it is kind of a moment of rest. You're sitting down to write for a little while and you're able to express any of those concerns, but you're not taking away from your progress. You're not stopping yourself and saying it's too much and letting yourself get away with it because sometimes early in this process, when we take, let ourselves have too much rest, 
it's really hard to get back into it and we almost have to start at the beginning again. That's happened to me a few times in these kinds of things where I get a certain amount of momentum and then I'm just like, it's too much. I'm doing too many things and I just stop some of the things that are the best for me and I hang on to the things that maybe are better in the eyes of other people. So in order to keep moving forward, it's a lot in like mindset of finding the places in your routine and your life that feel like rest, even if they're doing something that might be helping you move forward. So for me personally, my my mornings and my morning pages, pulling cards for myself, those are things I do all the time. I took a break from them actually last week. I wasn't doing it just as kind of an experiment and kind of just because it was not really working with um, my week and the flow of it. But I actually found that it was kind of interesting in order to kind of shift my own focus and make me realize how much I do enjoy those things. Because when I came back home, got back in the routine, it felt really good. And it does feel restful to sit down and actually just take the time to write out what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, and to have that moment. And then cooking. Obviously, I have to eat and I live by myself. I don't have a chef. I'm not at that point. So I like to choose either music or a movie or something that I really enjoy. And while I'm preparing my food and cooking my food and cleaning up, I have this other thing that brings me joy in that moment. And so even though I'm on my feet and I'm cooking, by the time I sit down to eat, that becomes the physical rest portion. But I already feel like I've had a break because I'm not working in that time. I'm not letting my brain get too overactive, trying to figure things out. I'm just kind of putting on a fun romantic comedy and making food or listening to a fun playlist and it kind of becomes restful. And so finding what she calls rest in motion is something that can help you when you know that you don't want to slow down because you might quit. I've been doing this for a while. So it was kind of an experiment when I had read this idea of rest in motion because I have been doing morning pages and my morning routine for like a year now and so when I do take a few days off it's not as hard to get back into it which thankfully it wasn't this time I was like I'm pushing it but it actually was really smooth getting back into it and then she also mentions at the end of this section about writing about your progress. And so I kind of talked about this a little bit, like we're not no, like when we are on this path and it's just happening all at once, we sometimes forget to acknowledge all of the little milestones and the little bits of progress that we're making. And I'm really bad for this. I don't actually stop to appreciate myself and the work I've done and see what's coming in front of me. But because I talked about, you know, the harvest and how we have to realize that our abundance is all around us. I talked about this on Friday, I think, on my card pull Friday. Um, it made me think that this act that actually related back to this chapter because she talks about how having affirmations also written down and writing about our progress can really be a re a great way to set have our mindset shift. And so I'm gonna try that for the follow. I didn't do it last week because, like I said, I didn't do my morning pages. But for the next week, I'm going to try that. Just writing out things like, I trust that I can do this, or I trust that I am able to make good decisions. And I trust that I have made the right decisions. Anything that is coming up for you in the morning pages where you need to reassure yourself, 
just create an affirmation for it and write down your progress so far. Because even if it's very tiny, like I said, and you're not noticing big shifts, there are changes that are happening. And then there's two kind of sections that are also activities before the tasks for the week. One of them is called buried dreams. And this is again, going into to the subconscious, kind of doing it as fast as possible. So you don't have too much time to think or research. And um, these were really fun. I did them really quickly. Um, so my each of them is writing five things for each section. So five fun hobbies. I said needlepoint, foraging, wood carving, jewelry making, and sewing. They're really messy, so it might take me a second to read them. Five classes you'd like to take. Akashic record reading, sewing, pottery, astrology, and a crystal certification. Five things that you never do that are fun, that you think would be fun. Um, oh, that you would never do, sorry. That you would never do, but you think would be fun. I said bungee jumping, playing a musical instrument, backup dancing, ski, water skiing, and diving. I don't swim, not very musical, but all those things sound like they'd be fun and look like fun. Five skills that you would like to have that would be fun. Um, carpentry, sewing, cake decorating, uh, tiling, and a mechanic. Again, always with machines with me. <laughs> Five things you used to enjoy doing that you don't do anymore. Listening to music and burning CDs. Poetry, laminating things. I talked about my laminator last time, I think. Brace, making bracelets and skipping. That's with a, a skipping rope, not just skipping around. <laughs> Don't do that. I never really did that. Um, five silly things that you would try once. This one was hard for me because my brain doesn't move into a silly place easily. Even some of these things that I said are fun, probably to a lot of people, you're like, that's the most boring thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> but that's just who I am. I'm a double Capricorn, as we've said many times in here. Um, so I couldn't really think of much. I said axe throwing, but to me, that's not silly. It's just something that seems a bit out there, but realistically, I would do that. Um, I said making balloon animals and Zumba as like the two silly things, even though, again, they're not really silly. They're just things that for me would be out of my comfort zone, maybe. So that might be a way to word it instead of five silly things to try once, maybe five things that are outside of your comfort zone that you try once because we had the five things you would never do. But this could be like five silly things um, turning into five things out of my comfort zone that I would try once just because like personally silly is a word that I wouldn't use to describe anything that other people would enjoy. Like I just feel like silly is something that happens naturally for me. I get in a silly mood and do something. It's not something I plan to do that I'm like, that's a silly thing to do. Maybe it's just me. And then this part, oh my gosh. Okay, this part. I didn't do last week, which <laughs> I read it. I knew it was part of it, but I was also kind of on like a mini vacation. So I am going to do this this week as much as it pains me. I only successfully did it in one of the previous times. And now I'm going to describe it so you can see why it's so challenging. It's called reading deprivation. And so this is kind of what it sounds like. You don't read anything for the whole week. And that includes watching TV. You can listen to music, but there's no other outside stimulation. 
you're just kind of existing and doing activities and filling your time with doing things you have listed maybe. So this could be the only reading that I would say is acceptable is the activities. She does say that everything from this week, reading this week's chapter, but also I would say going back to your previous um, activities and tasks and picking out activities that you can do. So one that I just thought of now that I'm going to go back to as well is the one where we made a list. I can't remember what it was called, but it's like a list of like small tasks that you've been putting off going to that list. I know I'm going to do because it's always good to get stuff off of your list. But for me, this is usually difficult. There's days when I can just do nothing for a whole day, just like sit in my own thoughts. But there's something about knowing you can't do something that is just like extra annoying because I there have been old days that go by when I don't watch TV and I don't read I'm just doing stuff and it doesn't feel like any time has passed and it's not a problem but <laughs> I just feel like it's difficult and actually so far today it's like almost 3 p.m here and I actually have gone through the whole day without turning anything on I just had music playing when I went for a walk and I caught up on like some emails I had to but like I haven't watched TV or anything I actually have been doing activities and things I needed to do all day. So maybe it won't be as hard this time. I may show up live on Instagram or something in between during the week, but I do have a lot to do this week. So it might be a good week for me to have this rule. Um, I'm also trying to actually connect more with my intuition this week. So that can be good maybe to not have so many distractions. Uh, I already had a really cool day yesterday where I was went for a walk. It was supposed to rain at some point during the day, but it was sunny. So I went out and I forgot to bring a mask, which is not normal because I have to walk through my building, but I take the stairwell and then go out the door. So I don't usually pass anyone, but I forgot to bring a mask with me and I walked a different way, which was part of my like, just kind of getting out of my patterns. Cause already, even though I've been doing this only for a short amount of time, I've started taking the same route every time I leave. I don't know what's wrong with my brain, but I was like, Hey, I'm going a different way. And along there, I realized that this weekend was an open house for artists to open their studios to the public, which I wish I had known about. Cause I totally would have done that had I known, but I saw, I passed someone's and I, okay, so I'm going to back up a little bit because before I got there, I was, I walked down this different street and it was beautiful. I was like, wow, I've never been down here. And I said it kind of in my head to my guides, can you please just show me that following my intuition here and doing my art healing and editing work is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Like that's where my focus should be. And literally I walked down the hill, maybe like two houses down and I came across this gallery and it's called synchronicity. Like the gallery is called synchronicity. And I was like, okay, I asked my pendulum when I got home, like, was this just a, like, should I go back to go in there? And it was like, no. And I was like, is it just a sign? And it was like, yes. And I was like, okay. But what happened was as I'm walking by, I look, I see the sign. I, I get the feeling of like, oh, that was like an instant answer. And then two crows flow right by, float right by me. And for me, that's usually a sign that I'm in that magical place of like transforming and also that I need to see the big picture. And so it was like, yeah, stop trying to micromanage so much, which all my cards today also confirmed. But then when I got home, I was editing something for a new client who offered me more work actually, once I got home and checked my messages and while I was listening to one of her segments that I was editing, 
she was talking about the con a concept I've talked about before, which is that the teacher only has to be a few steps ahead of the student. And she was talking about how it actually sometimes is, is better if you're closer to where the person is because they're able to actually relate to you and see the jump to where you are a lot clearer than if you were like way ahead and they couldn't see your path and thinking that you couldn't see their path anymore. You're too far removed from it. And so while that's not always true, somebody can be wildly successful and still be able to describe the path to someone. But it the idea, the concept that she gave was that uh, a story that she had heard somewhere was that you're climbing a mountain and there's two people ahead of you. There's someone who is far enough ahead that you're kind of like wondering how you're going to get there because you're exhausted, but you can still see their footprints and like they can still see you and yell back to you to tell you what the next steps are and like what to look out for. And you're still like trusting them because you can see them and you're like, well, I know they literally were where, like where I am now a little while ago. They know what they're talking about. But then the person at the top that's all up there like, oh, guys, it's fine. It's easy. Just come up here. You're not going to trust them as much. If they're telling you where to take your next step, you're going to be like, are you sure you remember that it's this cliff here? Like, it's this rock that I'm supposed to do that? So just keeping in mind that, you know, if you are on this path and you're really following along, and you start to ask for signs, just they can come in any form. Like I was not expecting to get my own message from doing this, but that is the beauty of my work, editing podcasts. And now I've started um, for this client editing a live program that she did into an audio course, which is really fun. Um, and you know, you just have to believe that you deserve to do what you want to do. And something else I want to cover now is the tasks for the week. I'm just going to go through them quickly because I have done them, but I feel like these are ones where they need a bit more time. And this is a good week because we have a lot of time because guess what? We're not watching TV and we're not reading. So I may go into them in a bit of detail in the next episode for any of the ones that I go back to because I didn't do extensive work on any of these. I just did them kind of jotting notes, um, but they're really fun. So number one is environment and it's environment is the category and it's describing your ideal environment so one paragraph about like if you're in the town or the country busy big small space whatever you want to describe as your ideal environment one image that you find somewhere so that you have a visual of that and then you also want to have your favorite season attached to that number two is a time travel it's describing yourself at 80 and then from that perspective, explaining what you enjoyed after 50 and being specific about what those things are and then writing a letter from that version to you now. Number three is another time travel, doing the same thing at the age of eight. So remembering yourself at that time and then a letter from them to you. Number four, another environment. And it's describing um, a personal space that's just for you in your home. So finding a space that you can have like an altar that's really just your personal space. That's a spiritual space and it's not an ego space. 
Number five is reviewing your life pie from the first week and recording where you are now in each of the areas of life in a different color and then connecting the dots again to see if you're closer to a man man mandala instead of a tarantula. Number six is writing your own artist's prayer. And so this is just you devoting yourself to your practice, to your higher power. Number seven is an extended artist date, a full day that you plan for yourself to just connect with your inner artist. Number eight is getting rid of one low self-worth outfit. Number nine is looking at an area of your life that you know you need to change and then explaining what the payoff is for staying stuck. And you can do that in your morning pages. And then number 10, which we all might have to do at some point, if you break your reading deprivation, you have to explain why, how it happened, what was the emotion behind it, like how are you feeling to make you do that, and then how do you feel about it now and why. So it's accountability. I am really excited to see how this particular week goes for everyone because I feel like this really getting clear about yourself and Mercury went uh, direct today. So no more Mercury retrograde. We're now moving forward. We have clear thinking. I already was very clear today in my morning pages and my thoughts. So we shouldn't have any excuses for being able to identify our thoughts as they come up and work them out. So let me know how it goes on Instagram or send me a message or an email. I would love to, to hear how this particular week, including the reading deprivation, goes for you. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Spirit Crumbs. You can find me on Instagram for this podcast at Spirit Crumbs. Or you can also find me at Concrete and Crystals for my own spiritual offerings and more tidbits about my own journey. Thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.